All right, hello everybody. Um, this is me. I am back. I know it's been a hot minute since I have pushed out any content or done any episodes. That is mainly because, as we all know and are tired of hearing about, COVID hit and I moved and a lot has happened. COVID has been coming at me. Uh, I was actually laid off from my job recently uh, within a month of moving into my new place on my own for the first time. So it's safe to say I've been busy moving, I've been busy job searching, I've been busy stressing out, but I am hoping now that I am kind of settled into my new place, I'm really, really excited to hopefully be pushing out uh, more consistent, better, higher quality content uh, since I actually have the space and the time at this point to do it. So I'm excited about that, but enough about that, enough rambling, let's get to it, what this episode is about is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. I was super, super excited for this prequel to come out. It is a Hunger Games prequel that takes place um, quite a few years before the original series that we are all used to know and love with Katniss and Peeta. It actually takes place in the 10th Hunger Games, and it features the main character being Snow, which is the villain. We, um, we get... Into Snow's head, we definitely learn to hate him a lot more. Uh, but Suzanne Collin really does shine in character writing. I've always thought that she shines in character writing. And there was no surprise that she was going to be able to write Snow in a way that was interesting and readable and even enjoyable, even though I was hating him the entire time. Uh, anyway... Kind of my first impressions when I first found out that there was going to be a prequel, I was super excited. I will say I was initially a bit disappointed when I found out it was going to be about Snow because out of all the characters that I would love to see a prequel about, I don't think Snow was really at the top of my list. I'm not sure if he was at the top of anyone else's lists, but it did end up being a good move because, I don't know, it's interesting enough to read and I really did end up enjoying the book. But for future reference, I would love to see a prequel about a slew of, um, of other characters that Suzanne has written. I would love to see a prequel about Finnick, and that way we could learn more about Annie and Mags through a prequel like that. I would love a Joanna prequel. I would like a Effie prequel. I would love to learn more about Cinna. I mean, Effie and Cinna could probably be like prequel novellas of some sort. But the prequel that I really, 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 really would like is a Haymitch prequel that depicts the 50th quarter quill. Or I don't know if it was the 50th quarter quill. It was like the third or second quarter quill. Don't listen to me. But yeah, he did one of the quarter quills where they doubled the tributes. And I think that would be a really interesting story. Regardless, there was a great story here with Snow. And let me explain a little bit more why I liked it so much. Well, first of all, this book really honestly surprised me, and it pleasantly surprised me in a lot of ways. I did expect this to be kind of all about Snow's path to presidency. I figured it would start out um, earlier in his life and then kind of go to more the time period that we see him in the original tri trilogy with Katniss, but it actually is only a year of Snow's life, and we do see the slow but inevitable downturn to evil that we expect we know is coming when we write the when we uh before we even read the book uh and it only is a year of snow's life which was pretty surprising 
I thought it was going to be much longer and cover a lot more ground, which does mean that this book is is open to sequels of its own. If Suzanne Collins really wanted to, there is a ton of story and information that I would be interested to know if she did end up doing sequels to this book. Um, Another thing that surprised me was that the Hunger Games were ancient. This is vastly, vastly different than than the original trilogy in a lot of ways. I am not sure what I expected out of this book or I expected out of the Hunger Games, but I definitely didn't expect it to be so vastly different in terms of technology and rule sets for the Hunger Games itself. I was baffled by the way that the tributes were treated in the 10th annual Hunger Games and before that. I don't know when things started changing, but we do see that this Hunger Games was Um, a pretty groundbreaking version of the games, given that this was the first year um, that they added sponsorships that could be used to assist tributes in the arena and make it more of a competitive, entertaining, watchable thing for the capital. But yeah, this was really interesting that we do see a very historical account of the Hunger Games that's quite different than the ones that we saw in the book, which was a welcome change, given that, you know, we don't really want to be reading the same thing. So Suzanne Collins really kept it different for us in this book. Uh, We do see the struggle in the poverty of the capital. That is not something that we got in the original trilogy because obviously the capital was far, far wealthier than a lot of the districts. They very much so saw themselves as far superior than anyone in the districts, especially the lower level districts. Um, But it was interesting to kind of see the remnants of the big, great rebellion and war type thing that they were talking about in the original trilogy, we do see that the capital was very beaten down. The capital was not the capital that we read um, in Katniss's trilogy. Uh, Another thing that surprised me that's just kind of random that was in the book is that Snow was a peacekeeper at some point and that actually becoming a peacekeeper and moving up through the ranks there was how he inevitably became the president and worked his way up there along with some other shady activity. Um, but that really did surprise me. And that was a, uh, it was one of the more boring parts of the book to read about. And I do think it maybe could have been shorter or more interesting, but it was kind of a surprising and logical kind of uh, direction to take the book. Another thing, last thing that surprised me that I'm going to talk about for this section is that the connection between the books and the, well, the old book and the new book. So the trilogy that we have read originally with Katniss and the trilogy with Snow and Lucy Gray is that they are mainly connected through the music and the songs. And that was a very pleasant surprise. I, in no universe, expected that to be the connection. I was anticipating for the books to foreshadow and connect to each other in a lot of ways, but never did I expect it would be through music and songs. As a personal lover of music, That was a really cool aspect and a really cool unexpected direction for Suzanne Collins to take the book. Now, the first thing that I will really get into is the characters. The characters is where Suzanne Collins really shines in this book. She writes really great characters. She wrote really great characters in the last book. A lot of these characters just have deep stories. They each have the potential for their own prequels because they are so well-written. Obviously, this book is Snow's point of view. My my vision of Snow, the way I feel about him is that he's a piece of crap, but uh, he's interesting enough. And I did think that it was a really interesting touch 
for Suzanne Collin to display the controlling side of Snow's personality through the way that he felt about Jabber Jays and Mocking Jays. It was a bit random, but basically we know that Jabber Jays are uh, like genetically engineered birds that the capital created during the first war to be used as spies. They're basically birds that can fly into places and record conversations and then fly back and report those conversations. Mockingjays happened when Jabberjays went out into the world and mated with mockingbirds, creating the Mockingjay that we know that Katniss and Rue and people in District 11 used to communicate. So we do know that they are kind of like a modified, deviated version of the Jabberjay. It's very portrayed in this book that Jabberjays are very controllable, Mockingjays deviated and rebelled from that control, and Snow loves Jabberjays, uses Jabberjays in this book, and hates and wants to kill all the Mockingjays in his book. It was a really, really interesting thematic way to put, to just describe and emphasize this aspect of Snow's very controlling personality. Now, let's talk about Lucy Gray. Way better than Snow. Honestly, this girl is iconic. She was a surprise. She was so different than Katniss, but equally interesting. She's so likable, personable, and most of all, a showman. Very entertaining, very musical. Um, very, very, like I said, different from Katniss, but on all, in all the best ways. I am. I love Katniss. No hate for my girl Katniss. She is a icon in her own right, but it was really refreshing to see someone just completely different just hook your attention so immediately. Her intro definitely started with a bang when I read the most interesting, dramatic, and entertaining reaping scene of all time. You love her from the start. Right away, she captures your attention and demands your respect right then and there. She wrote The Hanging Tree. That was... My mind got blown when I read that scene and she was writing The Hanging Tree. Um, I also love how foreshadowing that song is. I love that it basically... Snow hated the song when he heard it, and then eventually we know that in Catching Fire, that song fuels the rebellion even further, and I love that it came back to haunt him in that way. Her main character flaw is that she's a bit naive, although we love a good character flaw. It makes them more real, uh, makes them more human, more relatable in some ways, but she is in a really dramatic situation. I, I can see how she might have in this crazy, crazy circumstances fallen for snow. Um, but yeah, she's naive, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, also, she was pretty like not affected. She didn't seem too disturbed after the games. Um, spoil alert, she wins. But I don't know. I feel like she should have been like had more PTSD, but she seemed pretty fine after and there wasn't much I wish that Suzanne Collins had maybe gone into her mind, uh, which is why I would have actually loved to have a, a point of view from Lucy Gray just to get more in depth with her really lovable character. And I would have loved to see her mind and her thought process. And I would have loved to see a more dimensional Lucy Gray than we got because I loved her so much. I loved her so much the way that she was written. But if we could have gotten into her mind and had more depth to that character... She, it would have been another level, honestly. But yes, I would love to see more, more of Lucy Gray. Um, but I mean, we know how the how the book ends. However, uh, I think you can know where my my theory might be going. I I do think she's still alive. But 
We'll get to that in just a moment. Overall, amazing, lovable character. Hopefully more fan art of her comes out. I don't know if you're like me, but when I read a book series that I really love, I love looking on Pinterest or Google to see fan art of characters. It's just something I really like to do while I'm reading series and especially after so I don't try to spoil too much for myself. Um, another character that was good, some of the side characters, uh, Sejanus was a good side character. He was likable. I did find him a bit annoying at times, but, you know, respectable, understandable character. You can understand his motivations and his actions. He has a very, very sad ending. It was super depressing. His last words were ma. So sad. Uh, he did have a unique backstory. I would love to get more information on his past and his family's past being from District 2 and working their way into the capital. There's definitely a story there. I do think that he had the unique opportunity to gain power from his family. Since his family had power and influence and wealth, he could have grown up and acquired that power, influence, and wealth and then used it for good. But he got very understandably impatient while seeing the horrible things that were happening right in front of him. And ultimately that impatience led to him, uh, his, his unfortunate end. But yes, he was a good character. I, I know that some people from some of the stuff that I've watched, because if you're like me, you've been consuming content uh, about this book and about the Hunger Games in general. Uh, a lot of people I've seen actually really liked Shijanus' character, probably more than I did. Um, overall book, if I'm going to have put an overall opinion, I would say that the first half was amazing. I couldn't even put the book down. It was so interesting and insightful into the history of the Capitol and the Hunger Games. I would also love to see more prequels of more characters to kind of see the evolution of the Hunger Games. By that I mean we have, you know, a snow prequel that shows the 10th and we could have a Haymitch prequel that shows the 25th or 50th or whatever games he was in. And then we could see a Finnick prequel that was a little later. And as we see 